Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Life Church Online. We are so glad that you have decided to join us today. Uh, we want to encourage you, though, to make the most of it. You know why? Because ultimately, church is better together. We believe in relationship here at Life Church, and life is better together, isn't it? And that goes along to church as well. So grab everyone in your house and worship together this morning. And, 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 and as you gather, in a few moments, we're going to be singing. Our, our, our great band and, and, our, and our worship leaders are going to be singing. I'd invite you to participate with them. Sing with the worship right there. And even, you know, when, when we get to the time of the message, you know what? Take some notes. Answer back. Uh, you know, so follow along there, you know. Uh, and then even afterwards... You know what's pretty cool sometimes is when you get to the end of the service to just, you know, just kind of debrief with those around you. Talk about it, you know, and and, and then off of each other, you know, go deeper. Uh, so with that, again, thank you for joining us here today. Okay, so our service is about to start. You know, gather that family, get your coffee, turn up the volume, and here's the thing, share the stream. There's nothing greater you can do for us at this moment than hit that button down there and share the stream. Now, stand up and worship with us. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me all my days. I've been held in your hands From the moment that I wake up Until I lay my head Oh, I will sing Of the goodness of God
for worshiping with us this morning. You know, Life Church exists to be a safe place for everyone, for people to find and follow Jesus. You know, we've got some exciting things that uh, we've been working on around here at, at Life Church. If you've noticed over the last week, our social media presence has, you, you might be wondering what is going on. We actually have a social media presence. And now that we've got some exciting new ways that you can connect with us and that you can tell others about, uh, about your church, about Life Church here, so that they can be involved and they can know what's going on. They can hear the messages they can, so that they can hear them worship. There is a, if you go to our website, there will be links on there uh, to where you can follow us in, uh, on an Apple podcast now. And also, we have a Spotify channel that you can follow Life Church as well on top of our Facebook and our Instagram and our website there at uh, LifeChurchHW.com. So thank you very much for all your likes and all your comments, and I encourage you to continue to do that and share those things on Instagram and Facebook as you see those different posts pop up. Uh, but you know what? I want to thank you. Thank you so much, Life Church, for your generosity. You know, your generosity really does change lives. Your generosity has made such a difference here at Life Church, and then it spills out into our community than around the world. And you know what? Here at Life Church, we make it real easy for you to give. You can go to our website at lifechurchhw.com and you can just simply click the uh, giving link there. Hey, uh, there'll be a box there that says give. Go ahead and click that. Or right down in the link below, you can click that. Also, one other way right here. You can um, scan the QR code. That's going to be on the screen here for the next few seconds or so. You can scan that and we, like I said, we try to make it easy for you. Uh, but you know what? If you are new here, if this is the first time, or maybe you've been watching us for a little bit, we want to uh, thank you for watching and, and participating there with us. And uh, we want uh, we, we want to say thank you for worshiping with us here at Life Church. We also would like to send you a special gift by email. And the way that we can do that, we we've got to get your information. So. We would like you uh, to text the word CONNECT, the word CONNECT to 
1-800-242-2323. Text the word CONNECT there, fill out the information, and then we will send you a special gift by email here in the next couple days. Again, thank you for worshiping with us and choosing to spend your time this morning with us here. Or, you know, um, we are about to uh, go into the message here this morning. We've been, we started a sermon series talking about Life Church and, and really what we're trying to accomplish here at Life Church. And we started a couple weeks ago talking about finding God and uh, the importance of, of, of wanting everyone in our community, everyone within our reach, and to, to give people the opportunity to connect with God. And then last week we started talking about finding freedom and ultimately we find freedom in the context of relationships. All of us, like we started out here this morning, talked about that we are better together. Well, this morning we're going to go a little bit deeper with all that. And uh, this morning is my privilege to introduce to you my brother-in-law, Mike Stansel. Would you all um, there in your home sit back and uh, take this in? Listen to, listen to these words, listen to the scripture. I believe it, as you lean in to what is gonna be talked about today, it has the power to change your life, to transform you. So again, thank you. Let's join Pastor Mike this morning. Hi, I'm Mike Stansel, and welcome to Life Church. I have the privilege of bringing the message for you this week, and I was pretty excited when Pastor Brandt asked me to speak my assignment this week is to speak to you on the subject of wholeness, the idea of living free. And I thought about this, and I thought for a while that maybe living free as it relates to wholeness is living without brokenness. But the more that I thought about it, the more that I realized it's actually living free to be broken. <laughs> we all live in a broken world. We're all broken people. So the more I thought about what I might say today, the more that I really realized that many times in any room, I'm the most broken guy in the room. And as I puzzled over this through the days and through the evenings that I had to, to think about it, I was forced to realize that many days of my life, I'm just barely holding it together. But that's when it hit me. It hit me that maybe that's the entire point. Maybe the point is not whether or not we are broken, Maybe the point is whether or not we are holding it together. I sat in the middle of the night typing out this message, sipping my hot tea and my thoughts were rolling. And the thought came to me that the fact is every human being experiences brokenness. Broken hearts, broken dreams, broken promises. No one escapes brokenness in this human experience. So in reality, if wholeness is avoiding brokenness, then all of us are in serious, serious trouble because we all encounter brokenness. So as I sit there in the middle of the night, took one more sip of my hot tea, prayed one more prayer, took one more look out at the lake, it dawned on me. Wholeness and brokenness are not opposites. In fact, they're two ends of the same rope. Wholeness and brokenness are not mutually exclusive. It is entirely possible to be whole and to be broken in the same person at the same time. Some of the most healthy people that I've known in my entire life have actually been the people who have experienced the deepest levels of brokenness. 
Wholeness is not living without brokenness. Wholeness is living in a holistic way in the middle of our brokenness. We do not experience wholeness because we are not broken. <laughs> we experience wholeness not simply because we hold it together. But together is the key word. We cannot avoid being broken, but what we can do is this. We can refuse to be divided. You can be both broken and whole at the same time, but you cannot be whole and be divided at the same time. When the Bible says, Be ye perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect, it literally means this. It means be complete in the same way that God is complete. So let me illustrate what completeness is with a puzzle. Appropriately in Central Florida, a Disney puzzle. Four puzzles, 500 pieces. Now this is a complete puzzle. You may be thinking it's not a complete puzzle. And you might be thinking it's not a complete puzzle because you don't see the puzzle all put together and the picture is not necessarily completely clear. But there's a difference between this being a complete puzzle and this being a completed puzzle. In this case, complete and completed are two very, very different things. We tend to think that the puzzle is complete. Watch this. When all of the pieces come together and when the picture on the top of the box is clearly seen. We love things that are together. We love pictures that are clear. And because of that, that's what we think wholeness is. But the reality is, it's a whole puzzle. Whether it's all together on the table or whether all the pieces are there in the box. However, <laughs> have you ever put a puzzle together? only to discover that one piece was missing? Oh, what a frustrating, unbelievable feeling. This is the opposite of wholeness. <laughs> wholeness is not having it all together. Sometimes wholeness is just having it all. Let me, let me try to explain what I mean. The challenge of wholeness is not having all of the pieces together in such a way that everything fits and the picture makes sense. Wholeness is not necessarily having all the pieces in place. Sometimes wholeness is simply having all the pieces. True wholeness is able to say, I am whole and I am broken at the same time, in the same breath. Why? Because we're all broken and yet Jesus wants to make all of us whole. You see, the real problem comes not when you don't have it all together. The real problem comes when you lose pieces of yourself along the way. Because once the pieces are missing, then everything becomes a lot more difficult. We see this in the gospel of Jesus. In John 17, near the end of Jesus' life, in verse number 22, Jesus prays, Father, make them one, even as we are one. Now, the sentence that we just looked at from Jesus grammatically makes no sense whatsoever. He uses the words them and we in a sentence that is about being 
one. The words them and we are exclusively plural. <laughs> These words are inherently plural and they cannot be one. And yet that is exactly what Jesus says because that is exactly what Jesus means. Not only is this what Jesus means, he makes it clear that this is who he is. I and my Father are one. He says, if you see me, you see the Father. Why? Because he was two and even three in one. You see, God is completely connected and cannot be divided. In fact, another verse in John chapter 17, John 17, 22, Jesus says, I have given them the glory that you have given me. And he tells us why. So that they may be one. Why? Because the glory of God is seen in his perfect, undivided, loving relationship. The wholeness of God and the holiness of God are one in the same. That might be a, no pun intended, a puzzling idea for you to grasp. But in Matthew chapter 22, verse number 36, Jesus is asked about what we think of as holiness. He's asked what is the one great and most important rule, the rule that we have to keep. The question in and of itself is contaminated because they're looking for one rule that will eliminate all the others. But Jesus answers the question. But I want you to notice what Jesus does. The question is what is the number one most important rule? And Jesus gives three distinctly different answers. He says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. And then he says, and love others, which is equal to that. And he goes on to say, love others as you love yourself. Jesus is telling us that when we disconnect from anyone, we disconnect from everyone. When you disconnect from God, you disconnect from yourself. When you disconnect from yourself, you disconnect from others. Jesus is telling us that what we think of as holiness only comes from what is in reality wholeness. Jesus knows that if you are fragmented in your relationship with God, you will be fragmented in your relationship with yourself. If you're fragmented in your relationship with yourself, you will be fragmented in your relationship with others. I hope you followed that. Because it's all about connectedness. It's all about connectedness because, because wholeness and holiness are the same. Let, let me say it to you this way. Disconnectedness, separation is the first sin. And this sin opens the door to all other sins. When you realize that your welfare is intimately connected to the welfare of others, it makes it impossible to mistreat others. Because you realize that to mistreat others is in fact to mistreat yourself. Here's what this means. It means that holiness is not a commitment to morality. Holiness is a commitment to wholeness, which produces morality. When you realize that you're connected to other people, how would you sin against them? Because to sin against them is to sin against your own self. Here's what Jesus is telling us. When you live connected, you live clean. 
When you love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, when you love your neighbor as yourself, the need for the rules disappears. The Apostle Paul says it this way in the book of Romans. He says that if you love, you've already fulfilled the entire law. You can look up that scripture later. I didn't give you that reference. But now you've got something to do for fun after church is over today. <laughs> Connectedness is the key. You know why? Because division can only lead to further division. Division leads to division. When you divide from God, you divide from others. When you divide from others, you end up being divided deep inside your own self. Brokenness is brokenness. And brokenness on any level is brokenness on every level. If you'll separate from anyone, you'll separate from everyone. By the way, this is when suicide becomes a possibility for, the, for us as human beings. When we have disconnected from everything to the point that we are disconnected from even our own selves. Jesus not only has the power to put together the broken pieces, he has the ability to relocate and redeem the pieces of you that you have lost along the way. Jesus can put together any puzzle, even with your lost pieces. He doesn't need you to keep it together. He doesn't need you to hold it together. He just needs you to come to him and say, Jesus, I am broken. He can handle the rest. Let me give you quickly three stories from the life of Jesus to help you understand what losing yourself along the way looks like. In the time of the life of Jesus, one of the greatest difficulties that you could face was to be a leper, a person who had the disease of leprosy. On one occasion, 10 lepers came to Jesus and Jesus healed all 10 of those lepers. He said to the lepers, this is in Luke 17, by the way. He says, go and show yourself to the priest. The reason he said, go and show yourself to the priest was so that they could be reintegrated into society. Because if you were a leper, you were an outcast to all of society. Now, following this moment, a moment occurs just a little while later. The 10 lepers go to the priest, we assume. One of the lepers returns to Jesus to say, thank you for this miracle. We see this in John. And in chapter 17, Jesus makes a very important statement. To the one leper who returns and shows gratitude, Jesus says, didn't I heal 10 lepers? But you are whole. Don't miss that. You can be healed without being whole. Nine lepers were healed of their leprosy, but only one leper actually found what Jesus had for him, the wholeness, the redemption of gratitude in a broken life. You know, Solomon says, meaningless, meaningless, everything is meaningless. And then the same Solomon turns around and says, I commend the enjoyment of life. Let me help you wrap your head around this. <laughs> However bad you think it is, it's worse. Let me tell you how bad it is. We're all gonna die. That's how bad it is. So you know what Solomon is saying? He's saying if you know you're gonna die anyway, if life is that uncertain that you don't know what's gonna happen and you don't know when it's gonna happen, you should really take seriously the idea of enjoying the life that you have while you have it. Gratitude is not contingent upon good circumstances. Gratitude flows from wholeness. 
Another story. John chapter number 5. Jesus comes to a pool where many sick people were. And there at the pool, he identifies one man among all of the crowd. This one man had been there for 37 years. And Jesus walks up to him and asks the question, Will you be made whole? Luke chapter, I'm sorry, John chapter 5, verse number 6. Will you be made whole? Now watch this. The man laying there on the mat looks up at Jesus and says, I don't have anybody to help me. Now think about that. God is looking at him asking, do you want to be made whole? And he looks at God and says, I have no one to help me. So he looks at God who is offering to help and says, I don't have anyone to help. Do you know what, what would make this man say something like this? Because he's lost a piece of himself. He's lost the ability to hope. He's been there for 37 years. When you wait for 37 years for wholeness, a whole lot of brokenness can take place. So we see the lepers lost their gratitude. The man on the mat lost his hope. But man, don't miss this one. In Mark chapter number 5, there's the story of a leader in the society. His name is Jairus, and his daughter is dying. He comes to Jesus. He says, please go with me and heal my daughter so that she will not die. Jesus says, let's go. While they're on their way to heal Jairus' daughter, the story is interrupted. It's interrupted by a woman without a name. The Bible simply calls her the woman with the issue. The woman with the issue. We don't know if she was Mary. We don't know if she was Susie. We don't know if she was Martha. We don't know if she was Salome. She's simply known as the woman with the issue. Do you know what's happened to this woman? She's lost her identity. For years it puzzled me why these two stories were connected. The story of Jairus' daughter. The story of the woman who was sick for 12 years. And then, all of a sudden, the other day I saw it. It's amazing. Don't miss this. The woman touches Jesus. She's immediately healed. And then Jesus says, who touched me? The apostles say, what kind of question is this? Everybody is touching you. Jesus says, no, no, no. Someone touched me uniquely. Power, virtue has flowed out of me. Where is this woman? And Jesus demands in the middle of this press of humanity to find this woman. Why is it so important? She's already been healed and Jairus' daughter is dying. And the answer is in verse number 34. When he finds the woman, he says to her, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Now, as I've listened to this story preached and taught for years and years in the church, the focus has always been her faith. And that is not the point. The point is it's the story of Jairus, what? Daughter. This woman has lost her identity. She has no name. She's the woman with the issue. Jesus restores her lost identity. You see, in your brokenness, you can lose everything. You can lose your gratitude. When you lose your gratitude, you can't enjoy anything. When you lose your hope, you're, you're doomed to, to live in the midst of your hard times, no matter how those times could change, because you don't believe that they could change, but there could be no greater loss than our identity. Let me submit to you that the gospel of Jesus Christ is the gospel of restored identity. He called her daughter. Why is Jesus so intent? Because he had a greater miracle. Why is he so intent on finding her? Because there was a greater miracle than the stopping of the bleeding, the restoration of her identity.
Our sinfulness and our brokenness does not cause God to run from us. Our sinfulness and our brokenness motivates God to run to us. Don't you remember the story of the son who wandered away and when he came back, his father ran to him. Jesus runs to the broken. Jesus runs to the sinful. Jesus runs to the unholy. And he says, do you want to be whole? The same God that walked in the Garden of Eden and said, Adam, where are you? Is the same God who was Emmanuel, God with us, born in the stable in Bethlehem. Jesus, in his lifetime, said, I have not come to call the righteous. I have come to call sinners. Here's what that means. The God who called in Genesis is the God who came in the Gospels. And the God who came in the Gospels is the God that still calls today. Hallelujah. He's calling you. Wherever you are, in your living room, looking at your cell phone, riding down the road when you should be looking at the traffic, the reality is this. If you're listening, you're not listening by accident. Jesus calls the broken and you are among us. We are all broken. Do not imagine that God is a God who is mad at you. No, no, no. God is a God who is mad at you about you. Do not, do not think for a second that God is trying to fix you. No, 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 no. God is trying to heal you. And regardless of what the religious machine says, God does not need you to be holy in the sense of morally perfect. God wants to heal you and make you whole in your deepest parts so that you can reconnect to God and reconnect to people and connectedness will produce cleanliness. It's the separation. You're free. Live free. That's the message. That's the core value. Live free. You're free to be broken and still be whole. So, do you ever wonder why you continue to do the very things that you hate? Eat too much, drink too much, get too angry? angry? <laughs> if you do, then let me make a suggestion. Stop imagining a world where you are separate from God and separate from others. Step out of the delusion of your independence and step into your connectedness to God and all people. You know, something I've realized through the years, you're as happy as your relationships. You're no happier than your relationships. If you think of the wisest person that you know, they may have a PhD, they may have multiple million dollars in the bank, but one thing's for sure. When you think of the most wise person that you know, they have healthy, happy relationships. Stop and ponder. You see, if you don't like others, you can rest assured it comes down to this. You don't like you. If your relationship with you is broken, you can count on one thing. Your relationship with God is broken. The better you know God, the better you know you. The better you know you, the better you understand others. So what do we need? The Bible calls it repentance. Here's the problem with repentance. Religion has made us believe that repentance is being sorry for doing bad things. The Bible describes repentance as metanoia, a complete, total changing 
of mine. Jesus tells Nicodemus, you must be born again. When you study and you understand the concept of being born again, it is being a new creature. All things passing away, all things becoming new. Jesus is saying, think completely differently than you have ever thought before. You are not separate from others. Your welfare is is connected intimately to the welfare of those around you. True repentance is to choose relationship. Relationship with God. Relationship with others. Hmm. So what would you choose today? True relationship is to choose to connect and to refuse to disconnect. True wholeness is this commitment, this decision, this mind change, this life change that takes place when you choose to love God and you choose to love others just as you love yourself. This is the opposite of what religion teaches you. God is not trying to make you right. He's trying to make you healthy. And if you can become healthy, you can make healthy decisions. When you make healthy decisions... You're going to treat people in healthy ways. Simply put this, simply put, I would put it this way. No marriage ever became broken because one of the partners made a bad decision. You see, first the relationship became broken. Then the partner made the bad decision. No one ever stole money from their business partner when they considered their welfare intimately connected to their business partner. When you understand that you're connected to others, You will treat them the way that you desire to be treated. The golden rule is wrapped up in this idea. Love God. Love others as you love yourself. This is the most important rule. and makes all the other rules disappear. It's connectedness. It's wholeness. Today, will you bring all of your pieces to Jesus? Even the pieces that you can't find. Just confess to him. I don't know where I left me behind. And cry out to him. I want to be made whole. Enter into this freedom. You can be broken and still be whole. God bless you. Thanks for listening today.